Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. <laughs> How you be bigger and shorter than somebody? I mean, I know what you mean. Nickname is the Slim Reaper. <clears throat> I know what you mean. It was just a wild sentence, right? And that's why I sent you the video because I was like, "That's wild, bro. That can't really be Kevin Durant. What is Kevin Durant out here doing? Scrapping with people in parking lots for?" <laughs> And the fucking shiesty just rolled up shiesty like down to the fucking like eyebrows like Hovey used to wear the hats, right? Yo, man, squaring up. I mean, knuckling up bare chested with people in the parking lot. Hey, hey. Uh, Adam Silver would be so heated, he would have the anime vein and then he would tilt his head down and have the anime all white lens glasses. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Oh, and when, of course, his glasses go all white, it does a vignette straight onto his eyes with the sound effect. And in the reflection of those shit, you just see the video. You see the video playing, and this nigga dragging that fat motherfucker around the parking lot. How could Kevin do this? Kevin knows that he's the face of the league. If he gets injured, our ticket sales will go down. We have four national televised games on TBS this year, with the Phoenix Suns playing. How could Kevin do this? Bradley Beal isn't that big of an attraction. Devin Booker isn't Damn. that fancy. Damn, wow, shots. Kevin do shots, 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 How shots. How do I get Kevin back? Shots. No, that video was wild, I'll though. <laughs> I would say that, like, the NBA as an anime is a, a fun, super original idea. Feature Report has already been doing that. I mean, listen, the whole skit was just inspired by the Bleacher Report. No, it was really inspired by that wild ass video. Batman is unintentionally. <laughs> I like how we will jump from Kevin Durant straight into bed. Pause. <laughs> I've been watching Justice League and stuff like that recently. Okay. Batman is by far and away unintentionally the most hilarious superhero. I like how we gonna transition from Kevin Durant to talking about Batman for some reason. He is just unintentionally like the most absolutely I mean superhero. I feel like Deadpool would like to enter the chat. Totally intentional. I is it though? The writers are absolutely <laughs> trying to make I know, it fun. I know, I know. Like uh, Spawn would like to enter the chat. No, alright, so like, one of my favorite Batman <laughs> Although, movies. I guess Spawn is not, like, funny funny. It was more just like John Leguizamo being that weird, disgusting-ass clown, right? Yeah, definitely um, John Leguizamo doing that. Like, Flash and Superman, like, ring the doorbell at somebody's house, and, uh, the woman opens the door. You can see behind her, there's nobody. <laughs> and she's talking to Superman and Wonder Woman, and then flashing back to Super, Superman and Wonder Woman, and they're talking to her. Hands back to her, and Batman is just behind her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, come on, when you're 
when you've got Batman as a character, right? Like he just shows up. Sometimes characters as stoic as like Bruce can be like so serious that you need times like that for moments of levity in their character, right? Like and there are moments like other things. He's not even being funny. It's just the situation is absurd, and he's so calm about it. Like there's an episode of Justice League where he's in the Batplane and he has to eject, and uh, the parachute's not working, and he goes. Batman and Justice League need air support because I can't fly at all. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, I mean, yeah, moments like that definitely make Batman a top, uh, a contender for, like, unintentionally funny. Um, also, just think about... Also, I feel like unintentionally, yeah, unintentionally like, funny is a hell of a qualifier. Like, yeah. I was the other night, I was just thinking to myself, like, just giggling late at night. Like, who doesn't know... <laughs> who doesn't know who the fuck you are at this point, Bruce? You don't have to say that shit anymore. <laughs> I'm Batman. This nigga is a DJ Khaled of the Justice League. <laughs> Dude goes around fixing childhood trauma by beating up on petty criminals. I mean, listen, I'm not saying it's a terrible way to have chosen to cope, but I am saying that you should definitely go get... Bruce should be getting as much money as he has. He should get some fucking therapy, right? Like, talking to Alfred can't be his only therapy, right? How much like, stock in Wayne Industries does Alfred have at this point? You, Jesus Christ, to put up with Bruce's shit? No, you know what would be extra funny? If Wayne Industries had, like, a shit mental health care package that came with their insurance plan? <laughs> like, you would think if your boss was coping from, like, the loss of his parents in a tragic shooting or robbery gone wrong when he was a child and dealing with all that PTSD to the point where he self-funded a vigilante spree and became one of, if not the most prolific superheroes of all time, uh... That he would at least have some good healthcare plans for his company. But, 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 Bruce is also a billionaire, right? And we all know, we all know, let's be real. Billionaires don't become billionaires by giving their employees good healthcare packages, do they? <laughs> so, for our listeners, I'm a huge fucking Batman fan. No fucking. I am, oh my god. I am, the author of the Batman Paradox Theory. Hey, drop it down in the comments if you were surprised. Say, it's fucking hilarious when Batman doesn't have prep time. His first go-to move is Batarang. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, well, it's either that or the smoke bomb, right? Like, I gotta get, hook. yeah, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, grappling hook. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Batarang, grappling hook. It is a combination of smoke bomb, grappling hook, Batarang, grappling hook. CQC. I mean, listen, Batman is also never scared to catch a fade, right? Like, he, he's always ready. He stay ready so he don't I have to get ready. Talking, like, earlier this week, when he was, when Superman and him were fighting Darkseid. When in doubt, put them motherfucking hands up. On his back, on Darkseid's back. When in doubt, put them motherfucking hands up. <laughs> Did you see the meme of, um, when you're a mage who ran out of mana? <laughs> It's the guy just squared up in yeah, his pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's Batman, bro. Exactly. Batman is like, what? what? What's up? What's up? Okay. So, so, like, so why you threw Superman through like six buildings? Batman. You think I'm going to be scared, nigga? Come on. Batman, Come over here. <laughs> Batman has two boats. I one, bet you still I'm pussy. Literally nothing can stop me. I am human will and perception and creativity personified. Who the fuck is Tony Stark? And the second one is, well, 
Let's see what I can do. <laughs> I guess I'm here anyway, right? Like, just epic moments of inconvenience is the entire the entirety of Batman's narrative, right? A series of unfortunate events. Watching the crime roll away. Featuring Batman. Watching the tides rise up and crash through. Surprise as a motherfucker that you didn't see that one coming yourself as seeing as you started it. This is Doc. And Ziggy. And we are the Flood, their favorite weekly pop culture digest, bringing you all kinds of hot takes when we're not stumbling over our own lines. I just want to say that um, even if it was unintentional, still an assist in the box score. <laughs> With our pop perspective. To put the culture in context. And make sense of the, the mainstream, because if we do not make sense, we don't make does. Hello. And thanks to patrons like Enraid Peacock and, and AC Slater. <laughs> we get to keep the lights on here at the Flood Studios and keep bringing y'all these hot takes. So, you know, if you feel like you've enjoyed the episode, feel free to give it a like, a share, a thumbs up, subscribe, and maybe even donate. Even a dollar helps at the Flood Pot on everything. That is on everything. And, and you know how we like to start this off, and that is by shamelessly abusing the algorithm. And this week's hit on the algorithm is... Loving on me, Jack Harlow. It seems like y'all really love to love on some Jack Harlow, don't y'all? Loving on me, Jack Harlow. I mean, you I'm said not. Loving on Jack Harlow. No, I yeah, I said they like to. I said y'all like to love on some Jack Harlow. Not I like to love on some Jack Harlow, nigga. Now you've made it so people can cut the clip out of context. <laughs> I see what you did there, Madam Web. The fuck. Speaking of Madam Web. We got some movie reviews, some show reviews to hit y'all with. Vince Staples dropped a short miniseries on Netflix that and is I fire. I use the greatest intro music ever in this episode. Because <laughs> that X-Men 90 is... Oh. oh, well, I mean, you can cut it out. It's also, like, three weeks out. Like, it's is it that much of a spoiler? <laughs> it's still, like, a slight social faux pas. To like go into a nerd group and say that Sephiroth kills Eric. Speaking of killing the beloved, they just keep hitting your boy Trump over the head with more and more and uh, close to a mil a billy, close to a billy in fines. Yeah, we gonna talk about that and them ratchet ass shoes that he got for sale. Try to pay his legal fees with killing the beloved is an incredible emo band album title. <laughs> That is, I need to just pause. Like, <laughs> like if Hawthorne Heights had an unreleased EP called Killing the Beloved, and can you imagine the cover art being like, um, oh, it would a have to be color like Hot Topic portrayal of Romeo and Juliet, like. I was thinking more of like some Archangel Michael like floating up but like in a crucified like flame of fire like the what is that burning heart the Catholic thing that uh 
the burning heart symbolism kind of shit. Uh, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, come on. Like, some stigmata shit. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine Trump in an emo band? What would Trump's name <laughs> be A Killing the Beloved, right? No, 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 no. That's and their first that's too good of a name No, Trump. no, and the first album will be called Witch Hunt, right? <laughs> Witch Hunter. <laughs> no, it would be called Witch Hunt. They're after me, cause I stand for you. <laughs> Witch Hunt, Witch Hunt. <laughs> I will not fall because I'll jump for you. Which which oh my god, this is terrible. Why are we helping this man? No, oh my god, could you imagine Trump with the hair swoosh in front of his That's literally one gust of wind away from happening at all time. That's why he's constantly fixing it. So and that's why they love him, right? Because he's doing the like emo boy hair fix all the fucking time. It's not a toupee. (laughs) It's not a toupee. Remember when Ashley Simpson was famous? <laughs> I just saw that shit where she got exposed for like lip singing. What was it on Saturday Night Live? And uh, she had Ooh. to do that weird ass dance off stage, bro. Yeah, no, but that was back when like they still kind of the the uh, kayfabe was still there about artists performing live when they're doing, especially on Saturday Night Live, right? So people cared about Saturday Night Live. Like- uh, I mean, when when an SNL skit goes super viral I mean you, you see it but then again this is a thought that I had like monoculture is an escaping thing so it's really hard to make referential comedy to things that aren't tragedy but you're over Jack Harlow huh you're not you're not feeling I mean <laughs> you're not loving no Jack Harlow no more huh you just not he don't tickle your fancy like that not, Tickle not really. your fancy. No, no, no. I mean, not, not, not really. No. I mean, Kentucky is hoping the aliens enjoy Jack Harlow. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I on the other side of the wall. So what have you been listening to recently? Anything new or just been digging in the crates for your old perspective? That sounded more condescending than I meant for it to sound, but I mean, you know what I'm, you know what I mean. I've like, been listening to a lot of YouTube, like, long loops of music so like the one i was listening to on the way over here was uh disco house in a new york club or in a new york basement club disco house in the new york basement i like the uh youtube dj boiler room mixes and stuff like that that they have other boiler room streams Um, there's a couple of other ones on there Uh, i think book club I think Book Club is another channel on YouTube that does um, DJ live streams and stuff like that. Did you get a chance to listen to the new Kanye? I did not. Vultures dropped. Uh, the Kanye and Ty Dolla Sign collaboration running about uh, 16 songs. One of the songs which is kind of, is under a little bit of controversy right now because it didn't get the uh, sample cleared. Uh, it had like a Donna Summers, the Disco Queen sample, not the song Disco Queen, but Donna Summers, the Disco Queen. Um, I think it's good, aka Don't Die, but I listened to the entire album from start to finish because there are no skips, no skips on this shit. It is fire. It's like, nah, I'm not. <laughs> it's hype, right? But it's not that hype. It 
was good Kanye. I think it's got some good replayability. Uh, definitely. We're we going Kanye, back. But not the old Kanye. Kanye. Definitely not old Kanye. It's got that kind of like a hood gospel feel that he's the been. The Kanye? The sponsored Jew Kanye? Did you see his Super Bowl ad? The one he spent all the money for the ad placement on and no money for the production budget, so he shot it all on his cell phone no. in the car at night. Not, despite the fact that we were watching the Super Bowl. It's actually pretty funny, uh, but according... Uh, I can't remember the numbers, but <laughs> just saying it worked. Um, it did its purpose. People are talking about it because Kanye literally shot a Super Bowl commercial on his cell phone. That's hilarious. It's like, pretty... These are things, like, Kanye, unintentionally hilarious at times. This is one of those times. I'm just saying if Lady Gaga had done that, everybody would be like, she's a genius. Look at how she, like, rubbed capitalism in its face, right? Yeah, no, yeah. it would have been like, it's an unto... If, if Gaga did it, it would be like the same reaction as the Banksy picture. That yeah. As soon as the soul started getting But, but Kanye says stuff like, how can I be anti-Semitic when I just fucked a Jewish bitch? So, <laughs> so... We can't look at your art the same way, Kanye. Um, it it does. I feel like a lot of the controversy around this album is going to have an effect on the perception of this album. As you could probably tell, my initial introduction of my response to the album, it it's not like anybody who tells you that the album is mid is really just being a hater. And I don't mean that in the Kanye stand sense. Like this is a good Kanye album. I think it's better than the last one we got. I don't even remember what the, oh, the, uh, not Jesus is King, but uh, oh, it's better than Donda, right? It's better. And I didn't get a chance to listen to Donda too. Cause I didn't buy one of those stupid music player things that Kanye was trying to pawn Kanye off on everybody. Um, So it kind of, feels a little bit like life of pablo there's some yeezus elements in here um i would say there's some jesus is king elements in here like i said it's got a real industrial uh real industrial gospel uh trap kind of vibe going on like trent west <laughs> i mean at this point I don't think Kanye would hate that comparison. Um, Which one do you think you prefer more, Kanye Reznor or Trent West? Kanye Reznor, because Kanye would want his name to be first, right? Kanye um, is so narcissistic. He wasn't okay with just a quarter of the Compass Rose. He named his daughter North. Or half. North's little, uh, listen, hot take, North's little feature on Talkin' was better than uh, Adonis on Drake's song, uh, whatever little four bars that he spit. And I'm not I'm not saying that to hate on kids. Don't be out here trying to slander me, right? Like this nigga making fun of children. I'm not making fun of children. I'm just saying, if you Drake's son, if, if that was my, if that was my kid, I wouldn't let him, I wouldn't have let him spit those weak ass bars. Who even know what the fuck Adonis was talking about? It, I feel like I keep getting the boy name wrong too, but that's just neither one of them are as bad. Me right? holding myself you know, culpable. This is the worst example of this. Bill Simmons wrote this thing called the Book of Basketball. It's almost like a basketball like Bible. It came out 15 years ago, right? He made a podcast called The Book of Basketball 2.0. His son wrapped the intro. It's like <sighs> it's the Book of Basketball, yo. Look, I could just be being biased. 
but I personally feel like every time I see Drake with Adonis, I feel like it's always a photo op. So he Pusha T can't say that he's a bad dad anymore. <laughs> and maybe Kanye is doing the same thing, but every time Kanye was on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, I feel like they, he was always with the kids, right? Like even if he was being like a weird robot, he was still with his kids. That can go in a That's that's how that's your response to that? Kanye like hears colors. So I mean It wouldn't surprise me if Kanye had synesthesia. It might explain a lot of the weird rants and the mask and stuff that he wears. Like, if you have synesthesia, do you need to sensory deprivate? Or would that like be a weird like Overload, like when Professor X reads too many brains at the same time. Or when Fry tastes purple all of a sudden. Or when Fry had like all that coffee. Uh, this Kanye album will definitely have you wanting to taste purple. Uh, no. <laughs> pause. I don't know if that's a pause. That's not a pause. Um, it, it was fire. I definitely recommend it. It's Kanye, right? Um, I don't. It, it's almost impossible that he misses, even when he did a gospel album, he didn't really miss, except for Closed on Sundays. That's still weird. Um, Scoopity Poop was still wild. He's closed on Sundays. He's too busy burning synagogues. <laughs> Jesus. And on that note, I think we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back at y'all with some more hot takes. Break. You take a sound, any sound, record it, and then change its nature by a multiplicity of operations. You record it at different speeds, you play it backwards, you add it to itself over and over again. You adjust filters, echoes, acoustic qualities, you combine segments of magnetic tape. By these means and many others, you can create sounds which no one has ever heard before. Uh, and we, we back. it's sports time! <laughs> and we back with, with, with more sports news. Did we? No, we haven't talked about sports yet. I feel like we mentioned something off top, but like, let's get into it. So this was NBA All-Star Weekend. Hey, All-Star Weekend, where relationships are destroyed and dreams maybe, maybe achieved. What do you mean? It's tampering. It's tampering galore. <laughs> Come on, man, we have a max contract slot. <laughs> so, All-Star Weekend, how would you say, as you watched it, like, in real time, like, we just watched some of the highlights together, but in real time, what was your initial reaction to it? The most exciting part was Ernie, Shaq, Chuck, Kenny. <laughs> that don't say a whole lot, right? So, so would you say All-Star Weekend kind of ended up the same way the Super Bowl did? No, it's, in hindsight, the Super Bowl was a much better game, even though I was Damn. not in it. Damn, that's and, how like, you... I look at the game, like, and people talk about it, and I'm like, yeah, it was a good game. I just don't give a fuck about it. I don't know if I would even say it was a game. It was a game of defense, right? Uh, but the All-Star game... And then Mahomes! I feel like the All-Star game looked like a, just a quick little pickup shit, right? Like, something before... Uh, something to run the clock out for the season type shit. Like, it just, I, I didn't see a whole lot of energy. It didn't look like there was a whole lot of enthusiasm, and that leaked all the way through to even the fucking dunk contest, right? right so, did you know there's a thing called the Skills Challenge? Go ahead and explain for our listeners what the Skills Challenge is. Not saying I didn't know that, but I'm saying the listeners might, might not have known. So, the Skills Challenge is 
basically testing a player's ability to do all facets of the game, like throw a pass through a hoop or dribble around some cones. Right, so it's a, a wing jump shot. A technical assessment for fun. It's really sad. <laughs> it's like watching the uh, the the dog shit, the champion like dog run. Somebody do workouts with LED lights. <laughs> so yeah, we're just watching. You guys love basketball. You like showing up and watching them practice beforehand. Well, here is a week's worth of practice. Not even. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. No. The uh, I was really disappointed in the dunk contest this year. It just. It, there was no like enthusiasm was not there. I, I'm like they needed to bring the defending champion Max McClung back from the G League. Strong representative of my delegation. Strong representative of the G League because those dunks was nasty, right? But like everybody else's, the other two competitors, I just I'm like, what's going on here? Does nobody care about this shit anymore? And I mean, the way you put it, right, is there's no real incentive for them to perform. They don't want to get injured doing no extra shit, right? Or Jalen Brown in this dunk contest. Who was awful, by the way. Yeah, like... I'm wearing a Celtics hat right now. And I can say that Jalen Brown was the worst. It was all bait. I'm, listen, I'm not like I could get up there and do this shit with my 5'7 ass, right? But the, I'm saying if you if you go enter the dunk contest, then at least put some kind of like originality and creativity into this shit. This nigga went up there and did like first level dunks that the shits that you learn he in had, like NBA street Kai Sinet, who was sitting in a chair that was like Max the highlight Long, that jumped over standing <clears throat> Shaquille O'Neal yeah. after he jumped over a dude standing on another dude's shoulders right or sitting on another dude's shoulders cause yeah. that Kai Sinet dunk was just trash right it was like ooh look at my influencer friends like you're you're an NBA star sir you are like and mountains more of influential and famous than this thing is. What are we doing here, right? I guess crossover of the century. Ooh, y'all didn't see it coming. Never let them know your next move. Uh, yeah, no. no, it's just another His... example of the crazy splintering of the media landscape, how somebody can be world famous and yet so unknown to seemingly four out of five people. Yeah, or four out of five people in that stadium, nigga. I'm sure that, like, who do you, who over the age of, like, fucking 18 knew who that was sitting in that chair? It, exactly. I only knew because of the Killer Mike shit. <laughs> Damn, and that's crazy because we've definitely talked about Kaisenet on this pod before. So, like, that just goes to, that just goes to show you. That just goes to show you that that shit was cringeworthy at best. Them so dunks was the, weak the sauce. Three point contest is always good because it's yeah, like at its heart, the all stars always compete in the three point contest. They take that shit seriously. Do you know what Larry Bird said when he walked into the locker room for the first ever three point contest? Damn, Larry Bird was in the first ever three point contest. Larry Bird of course he was. Some of the biggest shit. Of ever. course he does. He walked into the into the locker room and said, "All right, which one of y'all is playing for second? Nah, uh, I mean, come on. That's the kind of energy you gotta go into a contest like that with, right? And uh, this Larry year, Bird was such a hilarious trash talker. This like, year, it was. Like, Why do you have the white guy guard me? <sighs> Uh, Steph competed in a special three-point one-on-one versus Sabrina Ionescu. Oh, I got you. Right, right, right. Yeah, so we didn't watch the actual three-point contest. Um, yeah, Sabrina is a WNBA player for the New York Liberty who last 
year set the all-time record at the three-point contest, men and women combined, for 26 points. And then she called Steph like 30 minutes later to challenge him to it was the three-point like, yo, contest. Be and, about it. Stand on your business, nigga. Yeah, and, you know, she shot 26 again, and then Steph, being Steph... Cleaned it up with 30. Cleaned it up with 30. And, you know, congratulated her, gave her a pack on the back, pat on the back, and was like, you know, you tried it. You did your thing. Uh, and I'm just, you know, once again, we can sit up here and clown all we want, but if... I was to go up in a three-point contest against her. I'm sure I wouldn't get anywhere close to the numbers she was putting up. So shout out like to Steph at this point. You know how Steph is always like so humble and so nice. Yeah. I feel like as soon as he walks away from the camera, he like peels off like a mask <laughs> because he's like, motherfucker, I'm the greatest shooter on the planet. How long before Steph has his Will Smith moment? Right? His Will Smith he Oscar had sled. It. Clay Temps, Clay, he's already had it. Clay Temps. He's already had it. Clay Thompson is sitting on the bench. Nah. Fuck <laughs> okay, it. This is my team. <laughs> Yo, uh. He already had it. He was like, yeah, I'm fine with trading Clay for LeBron. <laughs> In crazy. Um, this this year's uh this this year's all-star game though. Not 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 it. Not really it. I haven't even told you. What do you think the combined total score was? Of the three point? No, of the All Star game. Oh, of the All Star game, the actual game. Uh I don't know, both under the hundreds. Uh no. No. Total score for both teams combined. Oh, you said total for both teams combined. Oh, okay. Uh I under under two fifty. Three hundred and ninety seven. Damn. Damn. So almost <laughs> What is defense? It did not look like they were playing any D. That's why I said this should look like a pickup game, bro. It looked like it just shot for shot, up and down the court, who's going to get the ball kind of thing. Like, no energy was really being put into the shit. I told you, that's why I asked. Like, yo, do they not get anything? I'm sure they get, like, a little bonus for participating in the All-Star game, right? But, like, it's, it can't yeah, nothing be. enough to incentivize No, them. yeah, to actually show up and put on a show. Now, as a fan, how do you feel about that kind of attitude in this? Like, do you think it is even worth continuing to do the All-Star games if this is how the players are going to approach it? Well, for or... starters, I think this is hilarious because my biggest take on this was the All-Star game is so bad that the content that came out of the All-Star game is talking about how, how bad, bad the All-Star, All-Star game, game is. So, so you asking me that is perpetuating this cycle. More like I was alleying it up, alleying it up, alleying it up, my nigga. Like. So I think the shootout between Steph and Sabrina was awesome. I would love to see like two. And like, was that the first? Four, I was uh, going to say, was that the first mixed gendered shoot off? Yeah, I think that's the first actual NBA, WNBA crossover event. See, and I feel like, there you go, right? Like, that's got to be the answer for the All-Star game is, or for the All-Star games, is to start doing more crossover between yeah, the like two leagues. Yeah, if you do uh, four-on-four, two WNBA players, two NBA players yeah. per team. Or just do, like, uh, you know, a, two All-Star uh, games where it's like, you know, the best in the WNBA playing against each other and then the best in the NBA. But then at the end, like the two winning teams come up and they play against each other. 
right? Like a little uh, all-star bracket. Then we could really compare like the stats of the the two sets of athletes, right? Like I think I just came up with something. You or you or you're just gonna piggyback and steal my idea, like like a typical white man. No, <laughs> continue. I'm. I, I just I had an idea that maybe might fix the all-star. I mean, what, what what were we doing just now? I mean, other than... So there's 24 All-Stars, right? Okay. 24 divided by 4. Six? Players per team on the Florida basketball game. Why are we doing this? I'll tell you. Why don't you just get to the <laughs> fucking point? <laughs> what is it? Eight? No, it's five per team. Oh, five per team. I, I was only three off. Anyway. So there's 24 All-Stars. Yes. Five per team. If you if, divide it by four, that's five per team plus one substitute. Yeah. You have four teams all play games 21 in a single elimination tournament. Mixed gendered or just in general? Well, just for NBA in that sense. I mean, that's a cute little interpretation on the idea that I presented with <laughs> the mixed gender thing. Let us know which idea you think would work better. Break I, the bracket, break it down into a more, um, a smaller pickup size bracket, right? And have the, have the teams compete that way or introducing more mixed gendered, um, competition to really highlight both the WNBA and the NBA together. And I think we can do both. I mean, like the NBA has been messing around with the all-star format, like for the past like four years they did an all-star draft so the team captains would pick yeah I, I rem- wasn't it LeBron and it was like LeBron and Steph a lot it was like LeBron didn't we Steph. see one where it was LeBron and LeBron Kevin Durant the captain every single time <laughs> I look at me I am the captain now <laughs> however that the draft did have one of the best comedic moments. It was right after James Harden got traded to the Sixers, and it's the it's LeBron and KD drafting. That's what I yeah. That's the and one you and I watched together. Yep, I remember James that. to go last, <laughs> and then uh, that's KD shady. Like, that's shady. And Chuck was like, "Oh, he's fine now." <laughs> shady. So. Uh, with that being said, I um, think uh, I would love to see more WNBA NBA uh, crossover events. I think that would be awesome. I mean, it's a little wonky because they they use different balls. I'm sorry, the 12 year old in me didn't laugh just now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess there would have to be uh, some compromises made and right and it would some adjustments. Just be they play with the NBA ball. Uh, yeah, or maybe shrink the NBA ball a little bit to come up with a, a gender neutral. Because if like the women's basketball is small, a little bit smaller, then I can't see why they can't just make a regulation ball that's somewhere in the middle, right? They Specifically for and this game. Be like, yeah, well, sure, whatever. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean like, if it's like for an all-star event, I'm sure they wouldn't care that. Uh, how long do you think before the culture war narrative uh, rears its ugly head? And people complain about, you know, like, it's currently happening. And be like, 30 years from now, for this WNBA thing, can be one man, one woman, and one non-binary. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, first this, and now there will be a transgender league. Um, 
I just, yeah, uh, I wonder how NBA long it would NBA, take. Non-binary National Basketball Association. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, any other sports news? Nope. All right, so what do you want to go into next? Here, this one's fun. In this week's, I never knew I needed this. A boat's a boat. History books could be anything. It could even be a boat. Hey, this <laughs> is presenting at the Crunchyroll Award. Hey, I didn't know Crunchyroll had it. Everything's got an award show now. I mean, like. <laughs> the most shocker. The most nominated anime at the Crunchyroll Awards? JJK. Uh, 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 surprise. I'm surprise. so surprised. I'm so surprised. It's like, no. It's I'm... like literally number one trending, number one most popular, number one nominated. Uh, Adult Swim just dropped a new anime, though. Ninja Ninja Kamui, right? Um, I don't know if it's a transport from somewhere or anything like that yet, but it's got mad... Uh, um, I'm seeing it being compared to John Wick, right? Uh, the first episode is a real heartbreaker. I knew halfway through though, um, because it's just, it wouldn't, I don't know if I want to spoil it. Okay, spoiler alert. Halfway through the episode, you could tell that this nigga family gonna die because he loved his family way too fucking much. And the whole theme around the episode is ninja refugees so like people who are like in like the witness protection unit for being like ninjas are being hunted down by some uh syndicate and they're being like you know hunted down and assassinated in cold blood left out on the streets so the news thinks there's like a serial killer going around but it turns out that our main character is one of those ninja recluses who's gone into hiding with his lovable family um and of course they find this nigga out in the woods uh right after they have like a loving family bonding moment over the campfire with acoustic guitar and everything because like you know adults when really had to like drive that fucking ice pick into your feels before they let you watch this nigga's wife get knifed right in the neck, right? That's what Eric said. Fuck that. First scene. Everyone dies. Oh, no. There was a nice little character build-up, so you got to know it. That's why I was like, the entire time, I was like, oh, no. His family gonna die. I'm not even gonna get used to these people, because they're not gonna be here by the end of the episode, right? And, uh, spoiler alert, they're not there by the end of the episode. But, it was it was good. The fight scenes were great. It looked like the same studio that they have do a lot of their in-house animes. Or, uh, so, that's why I said I don't know if this is a transport over from somewhere else or not. It's like the same animation that they used in the boondocks i'm pretty sure every single top anime animator right now is working on jjk or one piece actually the top animator from jjk is currently working on one piece i listen uh i'm not saying jjk is good like i actually started watching that shit because of how much everybody was talking That's about why it I started watching. um and yeah no i was pulled in from the first episode the character the story is enticing the main character is not as one-dimensional as in like chain although which mccall from chainsaw man is endearing in his perviness right um, I do. he's I not do. whiny like deku yeah. or um what's homeboy name from demon slayer tanjiro yeah tanjiro like he's not like that whiny uh 
It's just soft boy kind of shit that we've been getting from a lot of our anime protagonists. He seems to have some actual depth to his character. I love how Hidonori, like, in the first episode is, like, you know how all characters get shown in are, like, plucky and they have to overcome odds and stuff like that? Yeah. Hidonori's just like, wait, you guys aren't OP right off the break? Yeah, he's like... <laughs> He's like, I'm so, already broken. Why aren't you? I'm the only one. I'm really the only one that can do this kind of stuff. Like, like you, you really can't run this fast? <laughs> my man was like, oh, I'm not supposed to eat this cursed object. Well, oh, my like, friends are in trouble. Like, like, <laughs> but my like, friends are in trouble. He's like, yeah, I don't want to do it. It's like the opposite of Saitama almost a little bit where like he's so OP but so nonchalant nobody notices that he's OP, right? Whereas Itadori is just like he's casually so nonchalant about his OPness that yeah. everybody is like, Do you know you're Do OP? You know you're OP? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little flip on that. Um so it looks like the studio also, is also the animation is gorgeous and yeah. my favorite part about the about JJK that I don't think gets tapped that gets talked about enough is the sound mixing is incredible. I kind of feel the same way about this uh, new Adult Swim series, right? Like, what got me was the opening fight scene in the beginning where the animation was just very clear. There was not a lot of that, like, flash cut shit. So where you're seeing, like, real contact, uh, lots of, lots of blood. You know, I love a good, gory, violent anime one, like, uh, just over-the-top blood-spurting shit. Like, and it, this, this hit that right on the head. Um, so if you haven't yet, and you must be sleeping under a rock, but if you don't know, now you know. JJK is going to sweep the Crunchyroll Awards. Um, and go check out Adult Swim's new anime, Ninja Kamui. Um, and it's really cool, though. That it's, yeah, that's what I was to double it back. It's really cool that Meg the Stallion is actually presenting at this thing. Right? Uh, no, absolutely. Uh, especially it's because I like was not just that, but especially because, as we've talked about in the past, people of color, specific, especially women of color, are usually gatekept out of spaces like this. Right? So to have Meg kick open those doors and go, yes, black girls watch anime too. Yes, girls watch anime too. And she, in the advertisement, was cosplaying Death the Kid. Oh man, so it's not even like she's just up on the trending shit. It's not like she's just watching JJK and spoiling it for everybody, Usher. Uh, it's more like she's like, nah, nigga, like I really be about this shit. Like village hidden in the leaves type shit. <laughs> like I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's. I know. I know I was making it. She's made Naruto references before and a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, keep up. So, like, that's what I'm saying. It's not, this isn't no fake shit. This isn't no uh, pandering type shit, right? Uh, Meg is really out here. Meg is really weaving it with the rest of us. So, I mean, there's one thing that we can never complain about. Something people are currently complaining about with the new X-Men 97. Oh, but there are three types how? of people right now talking about the new X-Men 97. I'm trying to figure out how you got complaints. What? Why are you making the X-Men woke? Oh my god. There's always those people. They've always been woke. Read the comics. Yeah. And three, 
What the fuck did you do to Rogue's ass? Listen, listen. I'm not even gonna we go there. We will never question Megs. Where did Rogue's go? <laughs> Bro, let's talk about that trailer though, right? The premiere of that shit went crazy. The only other thing that was running on numbers like that was uh, Beyonce's new country album and that Super Bowl coming. Oh, and the Deadpool trailer. Deadpool and Wolverine. That shit was doing crazy numbers. Yeah, way less excited about that than the, I, the, the 97. Ladies. Oh, okay. And the 97 trailer got me way more Got you hyped for trailer. I'm... I didn't. I still haven't seen Deadpool two yet. Not once again. Don't jump on me. I'm not not a fan of Deadpool. I just the first one was cool. I had no desire to go back and see that shit again. I'm sure it'll be great for like you know family fun and family watch it fun on entertainment. I reactivate my Disney for X Men '97. Uh, listen, that's why I stay ready so I don't have to get ready right. bro uh x-men 97 that you can talk about rogue's ass all you want but let's talk about the combo finisher move between say, gambit yeah, and wolverine that two seconds of that trailer made me more excited than any trailer yes. from marvel i've seen in the past 10 years. i was so hyped over that gambit and wolverine combo finisher move bro that i totally missed them uh fucking giving in rogue the flatty the of this for a second because this is something that has interested me. Is it just the, like, uh, okay, so go ahead and present your case, because I feel like... So Gambit, Gambit can detonate kinetic energy in one of two ways. One, on release of contact, or two, on a time, on a timer. Right, right. right. So if you're charging up Wolverine's adamantium skeleton... Is it the skeleton, though, or is it just the claws? The claws are part of his skeleton. I mean, but... So how much of Gambit, like, how well do we think Gambit can control that? Cause Extremely, but his claws are still going to explode, which makes me think. The are claws aren't going to explode. Wolverine is just going to get, like, his face blown off. No, I gonna think. He's going to have to take a time out to heal up. I think you're assuming, I think you're being um, a bit <laughs> extra. Uh, only in the sense that I feel like if, as agreed, Gambit can control where he displaces the, his kinetic explosions, then I'm sure he's only charging up the the top of the claws, right? So that they have a concussive explosive effect. That still might blow up his fucking hands. It's not gonna blow up his... Okay, so but it's not gonna blow up the skeleton, though. It's not gonna blow up the yeah, animanium. His skeleton is unbreakable. So, I mean, like, he has to <laughs> re He had to leave. What about his gloves? I think you're just you just want to see Wolverine's hands explode. Let's let's be real. This finisher is fire. It is really entertaining. This finisher is fire. Die and then immediately get back up. I have to be like, like, what are you doing? Why was this not in fucking Capcom versus Marvel? Like, why was this not a finisher you could do in Capcom versus Marvel? Capcom, Marvel versus Capcom Four. Get. Oh, Yo, I'm just saying, like that's that shit is crazy. That was so crazy that I've been stuck yeah, on it. TikTok it's, sent me where yeah. it was just like, how did we not think of it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Shout out the I can't even remember what her how name, did we but not yeah, think of this? the like, entire time, time, bro. It's been right there. 
It's been right there. But you know why? It's because they spent so long making them have this love-hate relationship. Why would they ever have a sick combo finisher like that? Right? Because they have a, a love-hate relationship. That seems like something uh, Nightcrawler and Cyclops would do, right? Like, it's not like a Wolverine. And both of them are too lone wolf to have a team finisher. World combo is the most broken. Yeah, well... Grab blank, boom, game over. But... But you feel what I'm saying, though? Like, Wolverine and Gambit are both within themselves too much Sigma male to have a team finisher move. The combo with Rogue and Nightcrawler, RNG. Rogue, Nightcrawler, game. I am totally game for this X-Men 97 trailer. It it had everything. uh, The trailer had everything that I was hoping it was going to have picked up right where the story left off at. Cyclops a badass, which is... Cyclops, you, y'all are gonna put some respect on Scott's name, okay? Because Scott has been out here holding this motherfucking team down through heartbreak. Like, how else would you feel if the woman of your dreams he left you for That's what I'm saying. And he's still with them niggas into shape every fucking chance he get. He'd be like, I don't give a fuck if my bitch out here in these streets. Right now, what we gotta do is protect these streets for her to roam, she niggas. cheated on him died, came back to life, <laughs> and, and chose the other nigga. <laughs> That's crazy that they did all of that in the cartoon, though. <laughs> really, really wild. In the standard Marvel 616 timeline, Scott and Gene don't have any kids. It's all the fucked up parallel universes where they have that fucked up family tree. <laughs> How could they? She isn't even sure if she loves Wolverine or not. <laughs> Nigga, like, how could they? Um, yeah, no, I'm totally hyped for this X-Men 97. I'm trailer. excited that it's not a remake. It straight up picks up right A after. continuation. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And I love how much of a, like, a like pretentious this. dick Magneto comes across as. <laughs> that means everything that Charles Xavier... With his long, flowing <laughs> David, he didn't... <laughs> He's definitely in his Bowie era, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shirtless in the fucking studio, <laughs> in the in the library, right? Who Just... are we gonna get to judge this mutant talent show? I may be of some assistance, Magneto. Oh, who would host Mutant American Idol? It would have to be Magneto, Banshee, Banshee, Rogue. Rogue. No, it would have to be, Rogue would be the Paula Abdul up there. <laughs> That's a well. No, it would have to be all mutants with like sonic abilities. Definitely Banshee. <sighs> Moving on, something I didn't know I needed was the surprise miniseries drop. Uh, the Vince Staples show on Netflix. That's right. Vince Staples and Kenya Barris have teamed up together to bring you a, I think it was six episode miniseries. Yeah, <laughs> And it's hilarious. With a real Curb Your Enthusiasm Atlanta kind of feel. I'm all for more black irreverent shows. Um, just showcasing the black experience through the absurd lens that it really just kind of is for us. And I'm not here for the... Uh, I guess I'm here for the Atlanta comparison. But only in love, right? Because I do feel like this show is distinctly and uniquely different in its storytelling. I've only gotten through the first episode and a half, and I'll tell you, the first episode felt very episode one Atlanta. But when they got to the bank, I'm like, all right, this is where it gets different. Yeah, the... (laughs) 
in episode one of Atlanta, I feel like Ern goes to jail too, right? Um, so that's, I feel like, probably one of the only real similarities other than, once again, the overall actual narrative of the show being the absurdity of the black experience, right? Um, and this one specifically focusing on Vince Staples dealing with his fame and notoriety while also trying and dealing with the normal things that a black a young black man in California would go through Where right in Atlanta is yeah earn is 500k per hour earn is trying to make it <laughs> Vince is already making it and dealing and grappling with making it, but not really feeling like you made it right. Um, and there's, I feel like that's where a lot of the surrealism comes from because we are watching this person who we view as a celebrity interact with people who don't even really look at him like a celebrity. Like there's an episode where he literally gets uh, jumped by mascots right at Surf City. <laughs> And it's just like, can you imagine uh, Drake getting beat up by mascots at Surf City or people like there's something. Uh, oh, his girlfriend in the show gets into it with a cashier at uh, one of the gift shops in Surf City. And she's like, I'm going to have my nigga come and fuck you up. And she's like, he's like, I don't give a fuck who your nigga is. Who's your nigga anyway? And she's like, my nigga Vince Staples. And he turns to the girl working with him and he goes, who? Who the fuck is Vince Staples? Who is Vince Staples? <laughs> the bank scene, right? And when they holding everybody up and they rounding up all the hostages and he's like, do y'all know who the fuck this is? This is fucking Vince Staples. Of course they don't know who it is. Y'all niggas need to get some culture, <laughs> right? Like, yo, and it does perfectly. I think it's not even cheesy for him to highlight the fact that I do feel like Vince Staples is criminally underrated. So yeah, no, I said uh, when it dropped in a 2022 that Ramona Park Broke My Heart was my favorite album that year. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely go check it out. It is a miniseries. Like I said, it's only like six, eight episodes yeah, of that so shit. A three hour maybe total watch. Yeah, oh no, I almost binge watched it entirely in one day. So this is something interesting that, so the Atlanta comparisons are out there. And I was thinking, Donald started as actor and comedian, then gained notoriety as a rapper. Vince did the opposite. So I think, you know, this goes into like the whole Tyler the Creator uh, talk as well, right? These are guys who are more multifaceted. Like there's even a joke in the bank episode where he lists his profession as artist yeah. on the bank, the request like, for the, you know, multi, multimedia. Yeah, like, yeah, because he has, he's and done. Deposit, he's like, Upper yeah, because <laughs> they don't want to hear it. But that's it, right? When you're black and you call yourself an artist, right? Like most of the time, they pigeonhole you to rap music, right? Um, even if you do do rap music, do do. Even if you do rap music and you decide to venture out into other avenues, I mean, Tyler the Creator is a perfect example. Uh, but he came in already kind of irreverent, right? Which I think allowed him the room to branch out and mature with his art like that. So, um, Kendrick, I feel like, is trying to do that, but is still pigeonholed a little bit to rap music. I feel like it was 
for Donald <laughs> when I found out he was doing Childish Gambino. It was for me. It was kind of hard to buy into it. Well, I mean, have you heard Camp? Vince going into <laughs> acting like no disrespect, Donald. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, like I already know Vince is hilarious. I hear that, and it makes me think about like Lil Dicky, right, or Lonely Island, and I'm like, why not, right? And if he even went as far as to have the distinction between his writing career in comedy and his music going with, you know, the Childish Gambino moniker. Um, and I know I joked a little and I riffed a little bit on camp earlier, but it's Donald is not bad when it comes to making music. The way that Donald presents himself is with a much more serious tone than I feel like Vince presents himself with, Agreed. which is still a little weird because Vince is a very take me, don't play with me kind of ass nigga, right? But it's still like he is able to present himself with a bit more of a levity than I feel like Donald does sometimes. And I don't know... I don't necessarily know where that comes from, right? It may just be a choice each of them have made artistically, but I don't think that Donald's irreverence or his dry humor is less than Vince's, if that makes sense. I think Donald feels the need to show that he should be taken seriously. Well, that's because people still make fun of camp, right? Like... Um, and he does get left out and, and he does uh, get left out a lot right like This Is America was really a defining moment for him and then um, I can't remember if it was oh, Redbone I guess was a defining moment for him and then This Is America dropped and we still don't really know where to put Donald right like I, I feel like culturally there's n- He's done a good job at making himself so varied and diversified as an artist that we don't know where to put him at. Whereas Vince very self-awarely made the joke that no matter how much he tries to diversify himself, he still gets labeled as a rapper, right? Um, I would like to see more of this kind of stuff, though. Um, I do think... You know, Tyler had Loiterer Squad, which isn't necessarily the same caliber of show I, that the Vince Staples show or Atlanta is. The idea of Vince doing a stand-up set before the show came out. I mean, he is hilarious. He may He's be one of hilarious. the low-key, most unintentionally funny rappers in the game right now. This show... All... No, I believe he's fully intentional. He's just so good at deadpan delivery. His, uh, his Michael Jackson argument has been trending recently, right? And he talks about how he don't even really care for the music industry like that. And he's like, it's always, look at what it did to Michael, right? Like, look at the fame and how, like, that shit just rotted him. He was like, it's not cool what they did to him. <laughs> <laughs> he even mentions that in the show. So definitely go check that out. Uh, definitely something I didn't know I needed this week. Was there anything... Any piece of media or content that you stumbled upon this week that took you by surprise? Except on Mondays because Jon Stewart is back. 
I, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. That was pretty clever. Man, listen, John ain't missed a step. He slid back into that shit like like Mike Jack. Um, I mean, honestly, true to form, uh, captivating, and boy, what an opener. Indecision 2024, why are we doing this? Everywhere. I, the, the one that I liked the most was Indecision 2024, electile dysfunction. <laughs> Man, and boy, did he come and just air it out, right? Like, he, I love the way John shut down the Biden um, mental cognition argument that's happening, right? Because everybody's talking about the deposition statement that was released and how Biden really might not be all the way there. And, you know, of course, they love to run those clips around of him tripping over his words and chords and stairs and hair um but <laughs> the part that really nailed it was when he was like these are the two oldest candidates since the last time the record was set by the same two guys right and then proceeded to you know give plenty of examples of how trump is also stumbling and bumbling over his speech oh yeah i mean john skewered both trump and biden for being fucking old i mean yeah and for not being all the way with it like everybody tries to uh cherry pick all these examples of joe biden being like you know mentally melting uh but donald went on stage and screamed about how magnets don't work if you drop them in water and like seriously like what the fuck it's because Donald is like, let's be real, Donald is like fucking 10 times more charismatic with and still able to at least give the energy that Joe Biden can't, right? Yeah. But I don't know how much more energy Donald is going to have if they keep hitting him over the head with all of these motherfucking, uh, oh my God, dude, uh, what what do we call it? Damn, the words. Yeah. Uh, all of these fucking... I don't know how much energy Donald's gonna have left if they keep hitting him over the head with all these judgments, nigga. Like, all, almost a fucking half a billion dollars. Half a billion. He can't even run a hot dog stand in New York for three years. I was like, could, do you think he could sell Herbalife? No. Right? Like, he can't even sell Herbalife in New York, my guy. They shut his shit entirely the fuck down. Then weird ass Trump shoes, you can't buy them shits in New York, nigga. You gotta go to Jersey to get them shit. Those January sixes? You think Christy got a pair of them shits? Them and high cool 45? The high top gold, the high top gold shits is sold out already. Elastic top so they can fit the cankles. I saw that shit, fam, and I was like, listen, is this a soft move or a boss move? <laughs> Moving on, it's time for soft move or boss move. <laughs> Trump J's. And then he, I told you, he had him proudly posted on the podium it was like yeah get your shine on get your shine on hey hey trump is wild somebody needs to tell donald that gold and red clash 
<laughs> Yo, that shit is mad, like, just aggressive, though, ain't it? Like, it gives off fascism. I feel like gold and red are definitely in the fascist flag of America. The one I saw is the Homelander ones. Did you see that? I think it was Tennessee that they had a neo-Nazi march the other day. I'm not equating the two in any way, shape, or form, but I do find it uh, very tastefully ironic that... Was it a scorching earth <laughs> The two things happen around the same time, the judgment for Donald and, you know, them feeling emboldened, because I do, now how do you feel about the argument that all of this publicity around his court cases is doing him more favor than harm? You're gonna lose half a billion dollars. Okay, um, I'm so I'm not saying that that's insignificant, right? Because that does cut into his campaign funding quite a bit, right? Because I'm sure for the majority of it, not in the significant portion of it is self-funded, right? I'm sure, he outsourced to China to have this lichen hybrid. Of vans and Adidas is me. Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. Inflated in gold schlock. Oh, absolutely. These shoes are made in a sweatshop somewhere. It's probably the same Timu sweatshop or a Shein. He's probably they're probably Shein. They look like Shein shoes. Yo, Timu is wild. It's like so invasive into my data that it's the first thing it's advertising to me is Magic the Gathering proxies. <laughs> it's like, hey, listen, we've heard. That you don't really, you know, fuck with Wizards of the Coast like that. But we know that you still try and, we know you still try and get down. We might get help you out a little bit. That's why I said Trump gonna be like the dude with the duffel bag in the barbershop after this. He can't do shit in New York. Once he pay off this 500, he's really gonna have to hit the ground running in them Trump, them Trump high tops. Because I, I can't see how, who would still be like willingly putting money into this man other than the people on the ground. You can't run in those high tops. Like I said, do you think Trump can run? Ankle cover. They will he will snap <laughs> his cankles. Who do you think would fall first, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? No. <laughs> you think Donald Trump would be Joe Biden in a foot race? Can that be how we elect I him think as Donald would be Joe in a foot race. I think Joe would be Donald in a bike race. I feel like I've seen Joe fall on a bike too. I feel like that was from Obama era days. <laughs> um, that's how we should decide this presidential run because I'm sure voter turnout is going to be uh, less than or less than substantial. Um, I disappointing. That we need to see them run the military obstacle course if they're going to be commander. Oh, they'll die. I just want to see them run like. There we go. That should be a qualification. You can't finish the military obstacle course? You die? Oh! What started out as a joke has turned out to be a disaster. If he dies, he dies. Who do you think beats, okay, who do you think would beat who in a push-up contest? I, I kind of got my money on Joe here. I got Joe here. He's not, <laughs> not pushing up as much. Yeah, I don't feel like Donald, I don't feel like Donald could do 10 push-ups. Also, do we? Does his stomach have to get off of the ground completely mm. to count as a full push-up? Because it might still hit the ground even with his arms fully extended. Ah, uh, no depends allowed. 
Well, it depends. On his defense. That's why I said no depends allowed. I want to see this nigga Donald shit himself while trying to do a push-up. He shit himself while he's doing the mud crawl because he knew he could cover it up then. Uh, gross. Um, no, listen. Listen. I feel like we got to do better, America. I know we don't agree on a whole lot, but this can't be it. This, this, what did the kids say? This ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it, y'all. Um, I think a lot of people are coming to the consensus that uh, Madam mm. Web isn't just bad. It's so bad that it reaches peak bad movies. Like, like movies that are so bad it's, that people love them. The, the general, I have not seen it yet, but the general consensus is that Madam Web is so bad, it's got people looking at the Marvels like, you know what, maybe, maybe we judged you too harshly. You know, <laughs> maybe we were unfair to you because... There's people asking that about Morbius! <laughs> no way. It no does. way. It does. I, no, that's sexism. That's sexism. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, Morbius, is awful. <laughs> God, that was like two steps away from the room. Like, what do you mean? That movie is that's terrible. getting Jared Leto. That's what I'm saying. Like, seriously, guys, let's be real. Okay, those women put their all into that shit. Who knows what the fuck Jared Leto was doing in Morbius? That couldn't have been um, serious. Sydney Sweeney didn't put her all into it, considering she's in Euphoria. Listen, she was. She did the best with what she was given to work with. Yeah, apparently that director does not how to effectively use eighty million dollars. I yes, uh, I don't know. Once again, I have not seen the movie yet. Um, I said when the Marvels came out that a lot, a lot of the hate felt unnecessary. Um, I feel like a lot of people were judging it who weren't really the core audience for that movie. Uh, but it, this does not seem to be the case with Madam Web. Um, as always, I will wait till it comes out on streaming, and you guys will get a better late than ever review from me. <laughs> Turtle take. Uh, we haven't been able to watch season premiere of John Oliver's Last Week Tonight, but it did go viral that he offered Clarence Thomas a $2.4 million RV and $1 million every year for the rest of his life if he resigns from the Supreme Court. Listen, it... my, my takeaway is John sure as hell doesn't think Clarence is going to take this, but if he did, I don't, he would happily pay up. I don't think HBO thinks Clarence is going to take this because there's no way they would have let John Oliver do this shit if they thought he would actually take it. Now, on the off chance that he does take it because we know Clarence Thomas loves taking it. Uh, <laughs> how fucked do you think HBO is? I mean, like Clarence Thomas is how old, right? Hey, they're fucked to the max. <laughs> Clarence Thomas got to be what, like 76? You know, come to think about it, Clarence Thomas kind of looks like if you took Grandpa and Uncle Ruckus and they did a fusion dance. And mashed them into one person. Don't do that to John Witherspoon. 75. I was a year off. Anyway, um, younger than both Joe Biden That's and Donald less Trump. Less than a $10 million investment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because he, he can't, he can't, yeah, not, I'm not trying to be, you know, that guy, but he's. 76 like and like people already have a shitty opinion of you it's not like your legacy is gonna get changed 
I mean, it's just a million dollars out of John Oliver's budget, right? Like, and I'm he sure he's pissed away a lot of HBO. That's what I'm saying with a really dumb books. shit. So, and you know, like the uh, the uh, the New Zealand Bird of the World or Bird of the Century competition. Yeah, the one where he was like the the Puteki Teki. He spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars on global advertising to vote for New Zealand's yeah. bird of the country. The uh, the guy he took on that was doing all those frivolous like slap lawsuits and stuff like that, uh, that tried to hit John with a slap lawsuit that they had to fight in court. I mean, maybe HBO is down for that, right? Like, they were like, you know what, John? That's fucking hilarious, buddy. And if he takes it, it's just gonna come out of your budget. <laughs> I love that there's one time where he's like, yeah, and you can even buy human teeth on here. In fact, and he pulls like a little pouch out. He's like, it's a running. It over and yeah. he's like, you monsters! I cannot believe you think we would buy human teeth. <laughs> there are multiple websites where you can buy human bones. Skulls Unlimited, which is actually the company that owned that bone museum you saw earlier, sells skeletons that it guarantees are antiques. Decades-old human bones once used in places like medical schools. But under most states' laws, they don't have to be. And it is a good business, by the way. They will sell you a human skull for $2,200 or a rib for $40. You can even buy human teeth for $35 a pop, which is a pretty great deal. And the reason I know that is... <laughs> We bought two dozen of them, except of course we didn't! Relax, we're not fucking monsters! But we could have done it if we wanted to! And I am very disappointed by how many people in this room seem genuinely worried that we might have done that. Unbelievable! <laughs> I was gonna say, look, it's just more examples of John being willing to entirely waste his budget. So I'm sure a million dollars just means he wouldn't be able to buy human teeth for his next gig, right? It's like, pardon me, I'll pay it with my Emmy winning. Yeah. Listening to like the, um, the Strike Force 5 podcast during the writer's strike, which was uh, the five late night hosts. It was uh, Kimmel, Fallon, Seth Meyers, Colbert, and John Oliver. Oh, you mean no Bill Maher? <laughs> he wasn't even invited as a guest host. They brought Conan and John on, though. They were all talking. They were like, yeah, you know, like when the late night talk show hosts come out, we celebrate who gets nominated and accept that John's going to win. Like, <laughs> Hey, listen. Uh... But I mean, they also say it's like, yeah, he does one show a week and has the same production budget and staff of of course, his show is going to be better. Yeah, and also, you know, shout out to that writing staff, Daniel O'Brien from, like, Cracked Team and everything like that. Um, it's not for nothing. He, he does have a pretty, like, sick writing, writing research team. And, yeah, and a pretty sick writing staff, too. Uh, that show's got a powerhouse behind it. A writing staff that knows his humor, which is... All of John Oliver's jokes are just, like, 
like so out of it's like family guy humor but that's, done well that's why i wish you watched more like cracked back when um it was at its peak because like it screams like of daniel o'brien once i found out that he was like the lead writer on the show i was like this makes so much more sense to me because all of these jokes were very familiar to me not that john hasn't always had that irreverent style but it's like the melding of the two and then whoever else is at that table yeah, no, it was. It's a perfect match. It's a match made in heaven. You know what would be cool? John Oliver used an exorbitant amount of HBO money on the Patreon for the Blood with Doc and Ziggy. Hey, Once again, shameless shout blood. out to our patrons: Enraged Peacock and Air Conditioning. <sighs> Shout out to y'all. Shout out to everybody listening, whether it's your first time or your next time. It'll, hopefully it won't be your last time. Um, and the fact that we ended the show with the plugs before saying none of this is normal is just another example of how... Uh, you should buy all of your Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon Magic the Gathering, Flesh and Blood, Board Games, and Card Game Supplies at TokenFUG.com and use the promo code Ziggy to get 10% off of your order. And none of this is Deuces. normal. Deuces. Deuces. Look, it's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. Wait, why can't we talk about what? It is time to... Shit. God damn it. Future Dan. You know... You know... Just remember that you do your best, and you make it sound better than the rest. And basically that you have That's creative it. control and you're essentially a god. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.